0: Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And and this this is Talking Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations.
1: We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists.
0: Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going.
1: As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server.
0: Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests.
1: Go to patreon.com slash to subscribe. We
0: appreciate your support.
1: As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion we're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes as well as just talking about life
0: so yeah come through and you can talk with us you can make some new friends Share your art and share your memes.
1: Go to sleepinglionmusic.com/discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our faces on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you
0: like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website sleepinglionmusic.com/store. Pro tip: Patreon supporters of the Honorary Lion Tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend M Byhold. I first found M on
1: TikTok and we connected over DMs, but this was the first time we got to chat in person.
0: We recorded this a few months after the release of her viral single Groundhog Day.
1: A trigger warning for this episode. In this, we talk about the various aspects of mental health from medication to suicide. If you or anyone you're listening with are struggling with these things, we encourage you to find help or call the National Suicide Prevention Line, which is one 800 273
0: M. Byhold is a clever lyricist, strategist, and swashbuckler, and we had a hilarious time getting to know her. So, without further ado,
2: I'm M. Byhold, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello.
1: How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
1: <laughs> not so bad. I was tired and now I'm not tired.
2: Fantastic.
0: How are you doing, Noah? I'm all right. <laughs> I in there. Were you tired and now not tired? I am precisely the level of tired that I was <laughs> that I have been all day. It happens. <laughs> it happens. a baseline which is, tired, which is fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing all right.
1: It's nice to meet you, though. We were talking before uh taping that we just like have uh, a dozen and a half uh, mutual friends, um, some of which have been on, <laughs> on yeah. the podcast. So it's it's nice. I always love when like the tangential friends become real friends, you know? <laughs> Me
2: too, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think I think what I love about this like TikTok community that has sort of formed in the pandemic and in pandemic season two, <laughs> is that like, yeah, you guys all do collaborate or know each other or DM and, and whatnot. And we've made friends through... The app. I mean, th- this season alone has been just like people I've seen on the For You page and then been like,
0: hey, <laughs> yeah. you're awesome. It's the TikToks. It's informally known as the TikTok. The season. TikTok <laughs> season. The <laughs> era, of TikTok. The era <laughs> of TikTok. <laughs> how,
1: how has your last like year and a half been vis-a-vis uh the app or just in general?
2: Well, so funny enough. So I graduated college. In 2020, June of 2020, in my living room, because of the pandemic. Where did you go? Uh, UC San Diego. Gotcha. Uh, maybe worth saying that I did fencing there, because that's kind of a surprising Whoa. fact that people don't generally know. I about
1: love that. Me. Very the the singer of my like high school band did fencing. I always wanted to do fencing. I was always on the fence.
2: That's a really, you know, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> I'm gonna you. Give it to you. We're on a, off to a great start.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I graduated, and I was applying to jobs. Every day for a year, not hearing back from any. Um, my friends were like, "Oh, download TikTok," and I was like, "No, that's what the kids are on." And I don't want to do dances and I, like, I didn't. I didn't understand the purpose at all. Thought it was silly. We didn't either. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's the story that I hear.
1: Everybody who's like like uh, over twenty one. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I was like, no, um, but then I did, and then I remember my first video got like three thousand plays, and I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's insane. Um, I mean, little did I know that's when a video doesn't perform too well. <laughs> so that's kind of funny.
1: We always change the metrics. I I think that uh, we threw ourselves in, in when we were in college, we threw a party when we got like our first thousand mm-hmm. streams on like a Spotify song. And, and that was a huge deal. And now, yeah, if we get that a day, right. like that's a bad day. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I totally feel that because I remember seeing once that one of my songs hit 15K and I hadn't checked in a while and I was like, just flabbergasted and now I see a song hits five million and while I'm grateful for sure it just doesn't feel like as strong as mm-hmm. it did before I don't know
3: no
1: I mean we, we uh this week had like a song we put out a couple years ago um hit a million it's actually the first song of ours to, to hit a million Congrats. and it was I mean thank you but but it was also one of those things where I think when the song came out, we probably would have lost our shit if it hit that number. Now, right. now I was almost like overwhelmed by how little I felt. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I've been writing about that a ton, like that exact feeling.
1: Well, it's cuz we we try to base everything in numbers and then when we hit the numbers, we realize they're all just numbers and we could have just moved the number that we could have moved the threshold of enjoyment, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Um, 100%. Validation. Validation. (laughs) So you were studying fencing or... I was
2: studying communication and business, um, but I went to college to do NCAA fencing because I had been fencing since I was eight. And it was kind of a difficult choice. Like, do I want to do music school because I know I want to be an artist or do I want to have a backup plan? And I just kind of thought like, well, I didn't get into USC. So there's that.
1: I didn't get into USC either.
2: Heck yeah. Yeah, I I, I applied for film. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I mean... Look, but we're here now. We're maybe here now. maybe if we did go, we wouldn't be here. I now. got a
1: LinkedIn notification that USC's film program like looked up my profile. And no? I was like, Do you guys want to talk? <laughs> I think they regret
2: their decision. <laughs> Do you
1: guys want to talk? I'll I'll teach sound.
2: Yeah, you absolutely could.
1: <laughs> USC if you're listening. <laughs> I'm widely available.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I studied communication and business and to be so honest, I don't know what communication is. I could not tell you. I
0: think you're communicating great. I appreciate right now. it. Yeah. Thank
2: you. So I guess we were successful in that <laughs> I would regard. say you're
0: communicating at a collegiate level right now. Yeah. Oh my
2: goodness. So, but not professional. Just ended up the well, collegiate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you, you got the degree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, in a sense, you are a professional communicator. Like in a sense, that is the job. That's true. Of, of especially with in the modern era of yeah. Of I mean, I guess artist, artistry, the,
1: the communications to social media manager pipeline. <laughs> like if you're running your social media, if you're getting viral videos on a regular. Basis. That's the that's the <laughs> litmus, right?
2: We can we can definitely translate it to sure that yeah. line.
1: I I think what's interesting about you being a fencer is that I I feel like I've always stood by, and it's one of the reasons why, despite the fact that we have a music podcast, I hate listening to music podcasts, is because I feel like you don't learn a ton from how did we write this song or how do we write that song because songwriting sessions are so unique. Right. But uh, I love listening to like comedy podcasts um, and the way that they talk about construction of jokes or film podcasts about how collaboration runs. And I read a ton of poker books because I'm a pretty avid poker player. And what I love is I feel like I've learned so much about the music industry from poker theory. That's interesting. Um, And I feel like fencing is a somewhat similar idea of, of understanding when is the right time to to strike when is the t- right time to defend literally
2: exactly
1: like and and under and understanding the advantages and disadvantages of of being aggressive against being defensive
2: totally wow you nailed it i mean for a for a non-fensive you saying that you understand that moment. but like well, it's
1: all poker
2: <laughs> it's all poker because fencing is all about like rhythm and how you break the rhythm with like your distance your speed your you know everything so it's funny because in lessons like i'll be doing I don't know a wrist pick to a foot, and you, you do it in a rhythm where it's very constant. But then there's something called broken tempo, which is funny enough. What I'm worst at in fencing, where you like break the timing really quickly, and I think it's because I'm used to moving in a in rhythm. You know? <laughs> That's yeah, really interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and and uh, similarly in in poker, there's there is table image to always uh, keep in mind. So uh, sometimes it's actually good to lose a hand um, to a hard bluff. Uh, because of a hard bluff, because you're advertising that you now have bluffing in your arsenal. If you were playing every hand for what you had, then people would know if you bet hard that you have something good and they would fold out of it. If people know that you're capable of bluffing and you advertise that early by losing with a bluff, then all of a sudden, your loss has become your biggest tool of advertisement. Right. I find that just like in music, it's so it's it, a lot of those principles apply that you take a loss on one thing to, to win a gain in another. You know, maybe you have a, a a bad deal to get a bunch of Spotify numbers, but then you use those numbers to get bigger sessions and better deals. Right. You know, t- where do you take your your losses, and how does how do you advertise? that a loss is actually a part of your toolkit, you know? So
2: true. Everything is connected.
1: It's all
3: poker.
2: My
1: goodness. It's all poker. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Cool though. I mean, uh, so how did you are you from Los Angeles?
2: Yep, born okay. and raised.
1: Well, we don't see many of those because <laughs> uh New York native Mm-hmm. Man of the world. I'm a man of the world. Man of the
2: world. We love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we, we we've been here for about four years. But h- how did you first get into fencing, and how did you first get into music? Because I think interestingly, you and you and Jay Maya, who is a mutual friend and a podcast alum, have a similar story. In you guys were studying one thing and not really thinking about doing the music thing, and then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, you know, a couple hundreds or a million streams later, you guys are doing the damn thing, you know?
2: <laughs> I mean, I I always knew I wanted to do music. I just knew it wasn't a safe path. And I'm someone who generally would go for the safer path. <laughs> but I got into music around the age of six, where I saw a piano in a window of a store, and I asked my parents if I could have it, just because I thought people who played instruments were cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I was terrible at practicing. But... Like I would take Chopin or Beethoven or whatever I was playing, and like start experimenting with where those chords could go instead of actually playing the piece, because I preferred to create something new than do something that's already been written. Right, it's like it's right. already done, so why would you do it again? <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we all faced that problem at one point, which is why we got into writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we liked the songs that were out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, or not to, to uh, artists. not yeah. to dump on Chopin and Beethoven. <laughs> they, you know what they they
1: have enough praise. We can dump on yeah. them. Yeah, if they if they have something to say about it, come onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Where Chopin? Show, show Where are you uh, local? Are you? <laughs> and then how did you get into fencing? Because I see them as both being equally important, despite the fact that obviously you are a professional musician, an artist. I think the hobbies that you have is the inner game of tennis. Yeah, because when it comes to writing and creating stuff, especially in our zeitgeist, a lot of it is about the mental game around it. It's how do you keep up with trends while creating a unique perspective for yourself, while collaborating, while you know, work-life balance and handling uncertainty and variance and all that. So I always love to know where the bug comes from, but also want to know where the game theory comes from you know yeah Yeah.
2: totally i started fencing when i was eight um my dad had been doing it since college oh wow and so he taught me and we made our driveway a makeshift fencing strip and he would give me lessons basically um and then i just competed i think starting at maybe 11 12 and then would do like national competitions and just kept it up until college but honestly like you make such a good point because i think i learned more from doing ncaa Fencing—that's relevant to my career now—that I did education-wise <laughs> because I mean it was a lot about mental game. Fencing—they they literally call physical chess, right? But I had to work on a team. I was a captain at one point, so I had to do like, you know, take care of other people and managing things, and also like just the stress of competition and but also the excitement. Like, there's just so many things.
1: Well, there's a physicality to it too. Like, yeah. I mean, one one of the things that I think is so—it looks so cool to watch, you know. In the parent trap, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's also just like that that it is this blend of physical speed and and endurance with that chess component, right? Which I feel like you know, yeah, no, and I don't necessarily do physical stuff all the time. I bike a bit, and you you do yoga and yeah. and and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, when you have to stay up until three in the morning to get your distro deadline on time, that's endurance. Yeah. And to be able to be as acute mentally in that moment as you would be, you know, three cups of coffee and and, right. and eight hours of sleep, you know, is, I think, I think it's interesting that you had that just off off the jump, you know.
2: I definitely feel lucky to have had that experience. Funny enough, endurance was never a strong suit of mine. <laughs> uh, still struggle with it now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Something to improve on, for sure. For sure. But, you know, to go from, what, 20 hours a week of training to not really leaving my room very much? (laughs) It's quite a difference. What
1: do you think you learned from, like, your wins and losses in those games? Mm.
2: Because
1: you probably had some, some great beats and some bad beats, right?
2: Yeah. I think I learned a lot about perspective. Because when I was doing NCAA fencing, I qualified for the NCAA championships twice, which is pretty hard to do. And it was, like, my whole goal for, you know, NCAA fencing as a whole. Um, And I remember my second year, I came 12th. And that's when you get All-American status. And I had, like, I think something like 12 wins, 11 losses. What does
1: All-American status mean?
2: All-American is, like, you're bestowed in honor of doing...
1: All of America.
2: All of them, yeah. Wow. Precisely. Is that, like,
1: Olympic track?
2: No. I don't know about Olympic track. Um, (laughs) but I, just finishing in the top half of an NCAA championship is how you get it, I think. But I mean, it was a big deal for me, but somehow all I could focus on was like the 11 losses mm. and thinking like, oh, I lost that one five four. Like if I had just done this a little differently. But then I was like, why, why am I programming my brain to remember all the negative things instead of realizing like, oh my God, I came in the top half at this competition, <laughs> you, know. you know? So I think that's very relevant to this career too, where like you're not always going to have everything you want. It's never going to be enough and it feels that way sometimes but it's just shifting your perspective to really appreciating what you do have
1: I think um when we were in school uh and we first started putting out music and our friends were putting out music and then they started to have better streams than us or whatever I would like compare a lot like on the Spotify analytics yeah I I would do it every day and it would drive me crazy and it made. I think it affected the songwriting. It affected the reason we were making the, our songs. It was. It was this pit for me. Yeah. And when we finally stopped doing it, when I fa- stopped looking at the at the analytics, which I I I've been clean from analytics for three years <laughs> now. Um, Teach me your ways. It it just suddenly feels better, you yeah. know. Like and and it also I think when you're looking at it in that way, you don't get this other side which is the tide can rise every ship you know maybe your friends are getting more streams than you but they still want to write they still want to hang they still want a podcast like whatever we can still create this story together and yeah i think that understanding how the wins and losses come into play but how how specific a loss is to as a comparison a loss is literally somebody's better than you yeah and to be able to be like
2: okay Yeah, sick.
1: In poker, it's very easy to get tilted. Where somebody beats you, and so you're betting stupid because you are embarrassed by that beat, and and eventually you will continue to make more mistakes. And they'll have you because they know they tilted you, and you're out. Right. So I
2: definitely have a comparable to that. Definitely,
1: (laughs) yeah. So just knowing how to like keep even, you know, even keel, like. That's how you have a long career in the whole damn thing. Yeah. You know, it's like not being worried how old you are, how many streams you got, like all that, whatever. Right. That's how you just keep the car moving. <laughs>
2: I, I definitely used to compare myself to my friends. Like I would be happy for them, of course, but I'd be like, oh, like I'm I'm not worthy of them because I don't have X <laughs> amount of whatever. But at this point, like I'm just happy for everyone, just regardless of, of my situation. And it's such a better way to live. Well, yeah. then everybody's eating
1: on tunes. Like that's the... That's the long and short is like everybody's eating on tunes, you know, like, and if, if you are eating more on tunes, good for you, if you are paying rent on tunes, good for Mm -hmm. you, all that, whatever. But for all of us to succeed in a space that we were told we couldn't, that the, the, the odds were against us. Yeah, to be having these worries means we're in the game anyway. Like those are victories, especially right. for people who are cautious, like like us. I think we all saw the easier path and decided,
2: hmm, it's boring.
1: It's boring. You don't win as much if you bet if you don't bet as much, right? <laughs> Stopping the podcast to shout out one of our sponsors, The Truffleist. Noah, you like to cook. I do like to cook. You're actually very good at cooking.
0: I'd say I'm decent.
1: But I think that the thing about cooking that you have taught me is that flavor is everything. Truly. You gotta bring in little flavors that you wouldn't expect. And one of my favorite flavors is the taste of truffles. A great flavor. But we are so lucky to have the Truffless as a sponsor for Talking Lion. Founded by Jimmy Coons and based in Long Island City, Queens, the Trufflest creates artfully handcrafted truffle products of the highest quality and flavor.
0: While their truffles are imported from the countrysides of Italy, France, and Spain, they proudly source many of their base ingredients locally from small farms and artisanal producers.
1: They offer a variety of truffle products, from truffle oil and truffle butter, to truffle salami and honey, to even truffle hot sauce.
0: I love truffle hot sauce.
1: They've also recently launched cheese steaks by the truffle list, So keep an eye out for pop-ups in your area. So bring the taste of truffle into your life. You can use the code LIONPOD15 for 15% off your order through October 31st.
0: Now back to the show.
1: Actually, Noah and I are starting a fencing team called Fencing Lion. Yep, I would, I would
2: love to join if you would have me. <laughs> oh,
1: you're actually, we're, we're, we're banking on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're just going to be, be there. <laughs> we're going to be there. We're producing. Okay. The fencing team. You are
2: the, the featured, fencing team.
1: featured fencer. Yeah. I
2: see. Okay, I can do that. I can get behind that. <laughs>
1: All right, we're going pro. Done. <laughs> <Yeah>. Easy. <laughs> we actually uh, will uh, strictly compete with other uh, artists and podcasters. So I think 95% chance that we'll beat everybody. And then we run into the one artist podcaster who also happens to fence and we're fucked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've actually thought about that. I thought the way you're doing a podcast, I thought about like, what if I just got different artists to fence with me?
1: I think it'd be a really interesting (laughs) and fun video. I I think it would actually be a really fun video. I mean, as long as nobody got hurt.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So, okay, yeah. So you you graduated in your house.
2: Yep. And then um, basically every day felt exactly the same. Hence the writing of Groundhog, Groundhog day. Hog day, where I just posted the chorus. Like, I don't know. It just came to me on another day where nothing was happening. And I had only written the chorus when, when I posted it. And it's easy. started doing well and I was like well we gotta we gotta write the rest of the song now (laughs) and then I finished it in a zoom session with Laura Jean Anderson and pretty much within two weeks I got it produced by a good friend named Ian Walsh Mm. who nailed exactly what I wanted and
1: I mean it's awesome thank you like it it has this like like regina specter vibe to it like very time. like eat era of it but like but there's a almost like a billy eilish sensibility to mm. some of the choices in the production um i think like in how you sound how you blend and like everything so it's like oh it's this older and newer thing kind of like coming together <laughs> literally
2: i describe myself as like a wannabe modern regina specter in every single session you
1: hit it at every nail Thank in you that so, so yeah. much. I am
2: <laughs> obsessed with her. I wouldn't be writing music without her. I and, literally
1: wrote a note that was like, bring up Regina
2: Specter. <laughs> well, when I was in fourth grade, my mom put me in this like theater camp. And I remember someone was singing the call.
1: Oh wow, yeah. On
2: stage. And I like felt like I had completely transcended from my body, which is super dramatic for a fourth grader. No, but um, like But I was like, I want to do that. I want to be able to make that. Um and also, my piano teacher at the time, Jameson Trotter, had had shown me Regina Specter and like Fidelity on the radio, those kind sure. of songs. So I just like did a deep dive into her as an artist.
1: I love Regina. I was a big Ben Folds fan too, and mm. their collaborations I love. Um, Hero in Five Days of Summer, like always blew me away. But right when we started getting into like writing and production, my friends showed me Dan anthem of the 80s, which I hadn't heard before. And that song is my favorite song by her. Like, I know it's a little bit out there for her stuff, but the way that the bridge, like, contextualizes the entire song, I'm like, that is magic and math. Like, I have no idea, like, harmonically. Like, all the things that went into making that song work is crazy to me.
2: Right. I feel like she has such a fresh take on music. And, Mm. like, so many people do the same thing, which is fine. But, like, she's... Her melodies, her lyrics are so unpredictable and out there that I'm just gripped the whole time. And she makes it challenging. But, yeah. like,
1: mm-hmm. it's it's something, you know, we're seeing in media a lot. Like, fucking Squid Game is the number one right. show right now and probably still will be when this episode comes out. But, like, Watched
2: you Watched it know, right
1: before I came here. There we go. <laughs> it's like the, the more that we trust our audiences with a little bit of complexity and weirdness and whatnot, um, the more like and it maybe takes a little longer but you do see it in like billy and olivia rodrigo and like all that stuff of like the, the more you challenge the audience the more they are going to be invested because they were challenged they were challenged right they if put you, in the effort yeah, yeah. you yeah. give somebody a crossword puzzle they're gonna finish the puzzle
2: funny you enough know? <laughs> i i covered dance anthem of the 80s when i was in like sixth grade
1: you got to find that video. We got to splice it in right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I was 100% too young to be singing that song. So I didn't put in the work then <laughs> to understand it. Oh, I guess, yeah,
1: Meat Market. Didn't really think about that either. Also, the
2: watching each other sleep. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, and then walking through the city like a drunk but not. <laughs> with my slip showing a little. Like a, oh, it's a very sexy song. It's a very a sexual bit, a song. Bit. I forgot it's a sexy song. <laughs> I just thought about people eating and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: innocent. <laughs> exactly. We're innocent. It's not our fault. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had a feeling there was some Regina, Spectre influence, uh, some being a very uh, <laughs> a weak word, an understatement, I think. My um,
2: my life goal is to meet her. Oh, man. Like, I will feel like I have made it when I meet her, even if it's as a fan, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: so that's where the piano comes. Comes yeah, a little bit more, too.
2: Definitely. And then... I'm also a big fan of Fiona Apple, who I mm. tend to call Regina's evil twin.
0: And she's like the wa- the Waluigi, the Wario, too.
2: Yes. The <laughs> to
0: <Virginia's laughs> yeah. <and> <laughs> so and so,
1: so you made Groundhog's Day. I love that you played it in front of your parents. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm super close with my parents, so I appreciated all their support on that front. And I told them, like, look, this one went pretty viral. We need to do another video. And my mom joked, like, you need to talk to my lawyer for that. <laughs> um, but they're very kind with their kind I love their cameo things. in the
1: actual music video. It was <laughs> yeah. great too. Yeah. The little peek in the door and then it took then the a photos. little bit of
2: talking into, but we got there. That's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you like the movie Groundhog Day?
2: I do. <laughs> I do. And I, I remember when I was writing with Laura Jean, I don't remember if she brought it up or I did, but one of us just said like we're literally describing the movie Groundhog Day. And that's kind of when that moment right. came. Or actually, no, Because
1: you have the chorus already,
2: right? No, I had the first verse. Oh. Sorry, City of Angels I had the chorus. Should I re-say all that? No.
1: Okay. We'll just, this is, this is the edit. Okay. This is We are editing in real time.
2: I <laughs> yeah, I had the first verse that was like, uh, all my friends are moving on, getting hitched, and then they're gone. All my friends are moving on, getting hitched, and then they're gone, and I'm alone, all
3: alone.
2: Right. That's right, and then I didn't know where to go with it.
1: Because I, I think I saw a TikTok of that, too. Yes, yeah that's yeah. what I
2: posted first. And then, um, yeah, Laura Jean helped me come up with the concept of Groundhog, oh, Groundhog Day, Day, and the rest is history.
1: Oh, that's a great movie. That's a great movie that ruined the rest of them. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like everybody wants to make Groundhog Day. I think the closest they got was Edge of Tomorrow. I was about to say Edge Live, die, <laughs> repeat. There's Tom Cruise. Palm
2: Springs, too. Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, Palm Springs. I,
1: I didn't watch Palm Springs. I just don't want to do Groundhog Day again. Yeah, I think, okay, Russian Doll.
0: Yeah. They did good with Russian Doll. What about Deathloop? You're going to play Deathloop, aren't I'm gonna you? I'm going to play Deathloop, yeah. Fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I can stay. <laughs> you can keep using... Time the... loops. Media, a, a, you can still use the concept. It's a whole genre now. But, <laughs> but Groundhog's Day It's is... the Groundhog's Day genre.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I learned recently that Eminem also has a song called Groundhog Day. Whoa. So that wasn't the best decision, given that I'm an M. <laughs> and wow, he's, em- he's M. And M.
1: That's more M's than you. Exactly. I think the video... I found, though, that had me DM you, was for Numb Little Bug.
2: The past month or so, I've been a numb little bug, and so I wrote a song about it because that's a new feeling for me.
3: Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't wanna die. Like you're hanging by a thread, cause you gotta survive, cause you gotta survive. Like your body's in the room, but you're not.
2: Empathy inside, but you don't really care. Like, you're fresh. I love what it's been in the air, my past repair. Oh, was it?
1: Yeah, because that I remember we were talking about this before, like taping. Very rarely, although the podcast would be evidence against this, <laughs> very rarely am I like floored by some of the TikTok music stuff. Like, it takes uh, oftentimes a lot of lyrical things to kind of like snag me. Um, you know, I think the people we've had on the podcast that we found through TikTok are all some like insane lyricists. And I think that that was the thing that kind of gripped me about, about this, about little Bug was just like, there is a specificity to how you write. Um, there is obviously the Regina background, the theater background, like all of that reads and tracks, but it's also, it's, it is earned and it's unlike anything I, I've heard on the app yeah which is why I immediately I was like
0: hi hello (laughs) hi (laughs) like your music (laughs) we have a podcast
2: (laughs) I'm happy to happy to come um yeah numb little bug is an interesting one basically what inspired that story was after groundhog day my whole life was not groundhog day any longer like a lot of things changed. I was getting reached out to by a lot of labels and opportunities. And it was amazing, but I was taking everything. And to the point where I got super burnt out super quickly it happens. And I was like, Okay, wow. So I just entered the industry. And now I'm already burnt out. Do I want to do this? I was talking to a psychiatrist who put me on antidepressants. And at a certain point, I literally did not feel a thing. Like everything good was happening everything I wanted. But I just felt numb. And so, yeah, I wrote that chorus. And then when I made the TikTok, I said, I've been feeling like a numb little bug. Like, I didn't plan that. I just, I just said that. (laughs) And now, like, that's what everyone's calling it and what the song is called. Right, right. Actually, I don't know if in the track I'm even going to say numb little bug at any point. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, good. You know, uh, I think I'm sick of titles being a, a lyric from from a song you know it's like now that's the whole that's the whole yeah, trend it's so, it's right. so much yeah. more
0: fun cute and indie to have a, a song title that's like yeah, unrelated or like semi-related we grew, up, yeah.
1: we grew up with uh with fallout boy you know right. it was just yeah, like exactly. like i'm like a lawyer in the way i get you off you know like,
0: <laughs> like
1: what does that have to do with anything We're right you know? right Sure, Dance, Dance, and Sugar were going down were the, the popular ones where they said the words. Right. But, but I just thought it was really great. Um, Thank you. And is that coming out?
2: In, in... It is. It's been a process to get right. I've worked with a few people on it um, who all had a very good touch, but it just hasn't hit that that sound that I want yet. So I'm hoping to get it out pretty soon.
1: Do you have a favorite lyric in Groundhog Day um, and in Numb Little Bug?
2: Ooh, I guess for, for Numb Little Bug... Probably the the first one that that is why people stay on that video is um, do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die because I'm, I'm better now. I want to put that on the table. I'm not numb anymore. Thank goodness. Um, but at the time it was just like floating where you don't want to be gone, yeah. but you don't want to be here. Like you kind of just want to hit the pause button on everything. And what was amazing especially is like with that video, a lot of people were commenting, I've always felt like this and I never knew how to say it and I'm showing my therapist this and she understands what I'm talking about all of a right.
3: sudden. Yeah. And so like
2: those moments to me are the best as an artist when you can say things that people don't know how to say. Um, so that's my favorite part about everything. Like it's never gonna be touring Coachella or this or that. It's like the way that you connect with your audience.
1: I, I was talking to to our mutual friend, uh, Mia Giovina this morning about that specific thing that we actually have a responsibility in our songs to connect to other people. When somebody doesn't want to put out a song or somebody doesn't want to think about the marketing or all that stuff, you are depriving somebody who doesn't know how to express themselves the ability to use your music as a tool To do that. Right. And to feel seen and feel heard and everything. So sometimes when people are working on songs and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm probably not gonna put it out. I'm like, No, you have a fucking responsibility. Like, like it's not about you anymore. It's about some kid in Iowa. Who, who thinks that nobody understands them.
2: And that's the funny thing, is frankly, with all the renditions of Numb Little Bug that there have been so far, I am a little tired of the song, <laughs> but I'm not doing it for myself. Right, I'm doing yeah. it because of all those comments of people saying they, they want it, you, you
1: know? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, if you didn't feel numb about the song, then <laughs> then why would we even put it out? You know, it's, <laughs> it's indicative of it.
2: I will say that mental health is probably the main thing that I've been writing about, and it's not my entire platform, but I think they there should be more honesty and vulnerability about it. Existing is so weird. It, I mean, not to get existential. No, but like
1: you never stop existing. Even when you're sleeping, you're just like taking a break. Right. And it's not like you're not doing anything. You're fucking dreaming.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know? It's just nonstop content.
2: It's true. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just think about like, all the systems that we follow yeah. as humans. And like we didn't have a choice, but we're just put into we're them. Just
0: stuck and stuck in this little eating and entertaining yeah. and all this
1: right. stuff. But like,
0: yeah, the only way to not engage with it is to
1: be numb, which unto itself is a shitty um derealizing it's a terrible feeling. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: I feel like I'm I'm trying to compartmentalize existentialism into songs because I don't quite understand it yet, but uh everyone else will discover it as I do. Because I'll be writing about it. Hey,
1: all you got to do is think, and therefore you are. <laughs> there you go.
0: Pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor, New Wave. No, I've been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a, as a Roman, same. As a New Yorker,
1: absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee.
0: Fully caffeinated.
1: And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh man,
0: that's true too.
1: I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With l theanine and raw cacao, flow state coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee.
0: And now through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own.
1: If you go to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O, wave.co, you can use the code brewinglion for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state.
0: Now back to the show. The last couple TikToks I've posted have been like, and trying to bare my soul, it's just been like, the last thing I wrote was like a little broken inside, but like it was like, A similar kind of thing of like, sure, I've been going to therapy. I sort of know what's wrong with me, but I'm not sure there's a cure. Mm -hmm. Like just like being in this in between of like being okay and like being treated, but also like not feeling great all the time. And I'm just like figuring out how to be a person.
2: Well, I think a lot of it is social media too, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like we're the first generation to be constantly like shoved with what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. So we're all sick. Yeah, like it's literally a pandemic. Social media, Or yeah. and and
1: also the amount of value and importance that has been placed on identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which on the one hand actually you know is a good thing. Like w- you have between race and sexuality and everything on the social spectrum, like identity is extremely important, and the the, the fact that people are expressing and carving and and creating those spaces for identity is so so important the double-edged sword of it is that identity is what also radicalizes right-wing media. Identity is also what keeps people in toxic mental health patterns. Like if you consider part of your identity to be a loner or to be depressed or to be any number of unsustainable things under the sun, I consider part of my identity to be an insomniac or a workaholic. Right. You know, if I suddenly like went to sleep at eight p.m. and mm-hmm. I took on half of the work that I usually do, I would feel uh, a, a disassociation from how I view myself. Right. You know, and I thought
2: about that literally yesterday. And
1: that's the thing is like w- identity has become, a- and it goes further than that because identity is your is your ticket into conversations, but also it's it's your brand on social media. It's it's the thing that. Uh, you write about and that and and that there has been a monetary value assigned to your identity. So uh, I think that's tricky, especially when you want to heal. Right. Because it makes a lot of the cures feel almost worse than, than the diseases because part of the cure is almost like a depersonality process. Yeah. You know, changing fundamentally your identity. But mm. also
2: even just like branding as an artist is something that's a little stressful for me. Because you're you're in a box of what you expect other people to think about you, you know?
1: Right, right.
2: So I feel like I always need to be kind of happy-go-lucky and a little sarcastic. And like I need to stick to certain emotions and certain colors and certain like this and that. And not able to just live without thinking about inconsistencies. Well, <laughs> and that's,
1: that's the double-edged sword yeah. of the responsibility that we were talking about earlier. If we have a responsibility... To how we're perceived by people as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, for their sake, right? You know, what does that say about what does that say about our ability to experience stuff on a spectrum? Though I think uh, there has been an interesting transition of just like allowing <laughs> celebrities to be multidimensional people. Yeah, um, but it's one of the things like, one of the reasons I don't like comment on like celebrity relationships whenever it comes up in conversation, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to fucking talk about John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. Yeah, I don't want to I don't really uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about somebody I don't know. I I
0: think I I was having because I was was in one of these conversations recently about John Mulaney and Olivia Munn and I was I was thinking myself like this makes me really uncomfortable. I it feel I feel so detached from this conversation. I kind of reasoned my way out of it by thinking about it like we're not actually talking about these human beings. Like right. we're, we're using these human beings as proxies to talk about ideas that we hold close to us. Like About relationships. About relationships. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. not talking about John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. We don't know Olivia Munn. We're using her as an avatar to say, oh, I've met people like in this in the past and they've made me feel this way and I'm processing those feelings via Olivia Munn.
2: So true. <laughs>
0: the only space where I feel like it's okay for us to comment on the people specifically...
1: Is the bachelor. Yes. Yes. Because that's they're, what they signed up for. Slucian yes. fucking protocol. Exactly.
2: <laughs> they can be edited however the producers want. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And we're good.
0: Like that's that is what they signed up for.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> they they they're suffering for our entertainment. They, right. they, they, yeah, they, they they signed the Faustian bargain to become characters. Yes. Which, and that's what they want. And we will eat up their and sweet we w- suffering. We will eat up their sweet suffering. <laughs> I think that's part of the head trip of being an artist, though, is that we we are we are trying to become reality TV stars, but we are also the editors. So we have to literally have that back and forth within our our personalities and our bodies of totally what to edit and 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 what to give ourselves a villain editor or not, or to give ourselves a good edit. And just being on either side of that equation is enough to drive a single person insane. But Producer being manipulation, a, but being being on both sides of that equation at once with TikTok as the lens is is. Maddening to think about
2: it's fantastic that we have these outlets of opportunity, but also it's way too much to keep track of I
1: haven't met anybody who has had a healthy relationship with the app. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely not Even people who have found great communities or have self diagnosed their ADHD with it like yeah, the
2: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I have a time limit set for 45 minutes. I reach it every single day. Oh my god it's sickening. And my whole point in setting that is to not reach it, to not get that notification. <laughs> and I still do.
1: But then, I mean, the other side of that panic for me is, okay, if I spent 45 minutes on TikTok as opposed to 46, and I found you on the 46th, mm-hmm. right. we wouldn't be here.
2: That's true. You know? I, and I have made like really good friends from that 46th minute.
1: Yeah, and I, and that's that, I think, feeds a kind of addiction. Yeah. Um, especially my kind of like obsession with, chaos and how all the threads are so thin and how we're all yeah connected and meet each other and all that
2: stuff yeah. the other thing is like you need to be on top of trends to to know what content you should be posting so like mm-hmm berries and cream talk for instance if i if i'm <laughs> on for five minutes i'd be like what the heck is going I, on
0: i was not on the app for like a little bit because i was traveling i broke my shoulder i was you know i was just like it didn't wasn't engaging for a yeah. sec and i missed berries and cream i completely missed the trend it, it, it happened so fast right. i missed the entire trend
2: right and then all of a sudden you're out of the conversation yeah that's crazy Terrifying.
3: berries and berries cream and-
2: <laughs> the thing is like i kept thinking how can i fit berries and cream into groundhog day or this or that right. like i was trying to I didn't in the end, but, like, I'm always thinking about how can I incorporate this trend into a music way where it's relevant. Like, I don't know if you saw the video of that girl doing all the funky skips. No. no. She was doing, like, very rhythmic skipping. So I did... um,
0: Like the physical activity skipping? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So I did, like, a a song to it. And it doesn't make sense. (laughs) But, But, like, again... It's just like thinking in a different lens. Like, how can you collaborate? Mm -hmm.
1: And for what it's worth, like this kind of like super fast content output is creating really great, quick songwriters. It's Mm -hmm. making great, quick producers or video editors or just general comedy or or content creators, which, you know, is giving incredible tools to a younger generation to be self-sufficient and to be multifaceted creatives. And then on the other hand, we all just gave a shit ton of free advertising as a community to Starburst. So, you know, there's no, there's no, like there's good and there's bad and there's bad and there's good and there's good and there's bad and we all need therapy now. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> can that be my next song, please? It's good. And it's bad. It's bad. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's, good
1: it's, bad, it's bad. It's bad. It's good. And we all need therapy. You can sample it from the podcast itself.
2: Okay. Fantastic. Five
1: yeah. percent. I'm calling you out. <laughs>
0: pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show.
1: If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way
0: to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking to subscribe. Now back to the show.
1: Well, before we find ourselves uh, in an existential spiral uh, in which we all become so derealized that we're all watching this conversation from a third-person perspective... Nice. <laughs> um, Are you ready for the question round? The
2: question round. Yes, I'm so ready.
1: So the random question for today is what would you most like to do for someone else if you had the time and money?
2: So my mom is Persian and she emigrated here when she was 12 from the revolution. And just because of my heritage, I'm pretty aware of like gender issues that happen in the Middle East and women being treated very poorly. Um same with Afghanistan with the you know the new situation and the Taliban taking over and everything. So I definitely would like to find a way to help that situation, which I've been thinking about maybe through a charity concert or like a series of them or something where money can be donated to female entrepreneurs who can do things from their house or at least not fit the roles that they're put in right now. But that's definitely something I'm passionate about because it's not an easy answer either. It's not as simple as like, you know, fly over here.
0: It's a a culture. It's It's a culture to to shift slowly.
2: It's a bigger deal. But if I'm a good half Persian, I would like to do something (laughs) that's slightly useful.
0: That's lovely. That's great. What about you, bud? Mine is kind of basic. The first thing that comes to mind, I would just like to buy my mom a house. You know, just a beach house. Like, if, if I had the money and time, I would just, you know, like just give her that if that was the yeah, an option. Cause it would just make her really happy.
2: Yeah. That's sweet.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to answer this
1: question of like group problem and individual person mm. thing. Cause I feel like that, like, there is my brain is like divided. Yeah. In that You're meshing our answers, meshing the answers. Yeah. Cause I think that what I would love is to like create like a fund where, kids who are writing songs and making songs um, or making films would be able to just hit the next step. Like I'm not talking to say like music lessons and all that stuff, but like access to the tools that I didn't have growing up, like access to production softwares and plugins, or even a laptop, like uh, access to potentially producers or studio time Outside of like the hundreds of competitions that for studio time that that uh, existed in my my hometown area, and then on the film side, like if I had unlimited time, you know that that I could help edit, or help uh, sound design, or or be able to to help with those projects and and fund the projects and get those teams together. And again, not sort of teaching the basics, but like you know uh, like the next step where the skill is there but but the money isn't and right and i just because I, I i think that there's so much nepotism in the industry but there's also so much privilege in the industry oh yeah that the way the more that we can sort of shave off that stuff you know the the, the better
2: i i went to two arts oriented schools i don't think i'd be here with you today without them like the the funding for the arts is so important and so undervalued so mm-hmm. i really love that answer
1: and honestly uh Like, as a kid, I really almost just stopped doing music altogether because it just felt impossible to even make a record. Yeah. Um, And then I had my friend Sam just donate his time to make this record for me. And that at least kept the momentum going long enough to do Berkeley and meet Noah and and all that. But I don't think if it was for his extreme generosity as a a fucking adult, you know... uh, I don't think, and and the opportunity that he had, like he was working at a at a college that had a studio, so he didn't have to pay for the time. It was just it, it was just his time, you know. But yeah, I, you know, if it wasn't for that, I don't know, I don't know. So that's I think my bigger project, and maybe something I'll I'll get to in my lifetime, and then something something that I could do for for um for someone else. Just make sure that my friends are good. I. I want to get my best friend a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, a noble cause. Yeah, just just being able to to sit down with everybody I love and being like, "What do you need? Okay, done." Yeah. You know, like that's that made my heart feel good just even yeah, thinking, about, even thinking it. about it. Oh, really tearing up a little bit.
2: I love my so much.
0: <laughs> that's a good random question. It's uh, really
1: sure. a good
2: one. I like that a lot. I feel like my answer was too dramatic. No, no you're just wet. You. Are you kidding? It's
0: <laughs> All right. Next question in the question round. What is your phone background?
2: My phone background? Yes. It is, which one?
0: I guess both. Both.
2: Okay. The first one is Mono Lake, Ooh.
0: Uh-huh. where
2: I actually, I went there. You got and, mono. I did not. <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, I went there with my best friend like last month and we went when the sun was going down and we didn't take the correct path. So we had to call 911 to get out because we were there when oh. it was dark.
3: Whoa. Oh no. So that's probably
2: more of a story than you're expecting. And then um the the other one is Yosemite because oh, that was another stop on the trip. Nice.
0: Loved Yosemite. And if I'm, I may ask a follow-up question, yes. why why is that your phone? Do you just like the picture, or is there something about the memory that
2: of, just, of getting
0: trapped that you connect with?
2: I like the Memory for sure, but also just the colors and the okay. the nature and the open sky. Like I, I like that with my technology because I need to be reminded that there are plants. Yes, you yeah. get it.
0: Yeah. I love I love vistas
1: yes. <laughs> as a
2: background.
0: <laughs> Next question. Do you have a non-musical hobby other than fencing? Because we've discussed that at length.
2: Um I've gotten really into embroidering
0: Ooh. over the pandemic. Very cool.
2: It calms me down. Yeah. And also when I'm when I'm taking a break from work and music. Things I like to visually create. And just good to um, do
0: something with your hands. Yes, like that.
2: exactly. I can't sit still. It's very difficult for me. So yeah. being able to to embroider while I watch TV or something has been super helpful. But I'm turning into a grandma slowly. I'm a cat woman as well. So nice. yeah, we'll see. I very feel like I'm, I'm already 80. But
1: embroider a a, a sleeping lion pillow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: I could do that.
3: We'll <laughs> a, a, little, a little barter
1: that we got going on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: All right, very important question. Mm. The most important question. The most important question. I'm scared. You should be. Okay. <laughs> Would you... Be a... Pirate.
3: Oh,
2: my God, my God, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like in the... The most humble way I can say this, I would be a pretty good pirate, mm-hmm. given that I've been fencing since I was eight. Yeah. So I feel That's like so true. swashbuckling. So
0: I, He's swashbuckling.
2: I feel like I- yes. Okay. And I would probably like I'd want to be like managing pirate. Not like chief pirate, but I would wanna like have like a right. quartermaster. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I it just <laughs> sounded official. Yeah.
1: First mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think fencing would is would be a very good yeah would be a very good squ- swashbuckling but also like a sort of nonviolent sort of more incapacitating type of fighting was was what I what I've read to be
0: popular.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you also just don't want to get stabbed. It would just be a bad way to go. Yeah, I don't. I have a very low threshold for getting stabbed. I'm I have a-, a low threshold for being stabbed too.
2: I guess. <laughs> I've been stabbed many times.
0: And you you've lived to tell the
1: tale. And I've
2: lived to tell the tale.
0: Uh, do you have any tattoos?
2: I don't.
1: If you were to get one, what would you
2: get? It would be a girl sprouting. Oh. Oh, like a tree? Like a tree. Yeah. There's an image of that that I found on Pinterest that I've been obsessed with ever since I found it where she has like a little leaf coming out of her head because mm. I feel very much like I'm I'm still sprouting a little bit. My parents would kill me if I got <laughs> So mom and dad, you're <laughs> welcome.
0: What was the first concert you ever attended?
2: Alt-J. Nice. nice. Which I'm, I'm proud of that answer. That's a good one. Yeah, That's I don't.
0: Was it Peak Alt J, like first album, right? When everyone was like super into Alt J.
2: I think it was. It was in when I was in high school. Which would be 2015, 14.
0: I did not go to high school with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm You're like, looking at me like, yeah. I'm like oh, I answer. I graduated in 2014. I'm was, like, all right. Cool. When was, I feel like it was 20, yeah, 20. Around then? Around then.
2: Then I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. It was very cool.
0: That's very cool. It seems like a fun show. Can you recommend our listeners a movie, a book, and a TV show?
2: Oh my gosh, I watched way too much TV. Silly. the first movie that comes to my mind is Coraline because I talked Ooh. about it recently. I Ooh. love that movie. We were
0: just talking about it earlier today. We are. Yeah.
2: It's a sign. Book would be the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Nice, nice. I love that one. It's very harsh, but uh, harsh truths. And then TV show. There's so many. I mean, my favorite is probably *Queen's Gambit*.
0: Mm.
1: No, may I make some recommendations? I have, mo- I have things. Yeah, sure. So, movie I finally watched a classic. Finally watched *Hocus Pocus*. Ooh, I haven't seen it. I had never seen it. I heard it was great. Turns out it was. A TV show, *Midnight Mass*. I would recommend to anybody who's just a big, flan- big f- flan- a fan, big *Flan* of fan. A big fan,
3: fan again. A fan. I'm a
1: big fan. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, a big, a big fan of Mike Flanagan's work, like The Haunting a Hill House. Um and actually, Coraline, Haunting a Hellhouse, putting them together, making a video game recommendation for the uh, gamers uh who made it through the Obby the Nomad episode last right. week. Yeah. I just finished this game called Little Nightmares 2, and I have not been so like moved by a game oh, wow. since like Bioshock, yeah. It it played like like Limbo or Inside. Like it played like you know one of those sort of puzzle platformers. But there's a stealth element to it, and the art direction is like Coraline with a sort of like vibe of Hill House. Hmm. And and the story itself is so like moving. Despite the fact that there's no dialogue at all, and terrifying, it's like I love when horror can also be moving. In the same way that like Hill House, like is is a great horror piece, but also all the horror is based in really like human fear and right. and, and, a, and a relationship and emotional fear. Uh, I, I was I was not expecting. I'd heard good things about the game. I was not expecting this game to be as beautiful as it was. And Little Nightmares Two is a prequel. To Little Nightmares One. Uh, and honestly, I think from a gameplay perspective and from a story perspective, it's so contained that it's worth playing first and only if you're gonna play one. But I was just really, really moved by the game. Even if you guys watch like gameplay videos, that is it's I think it's definitely worth it, just visually and aesthetically and story-wise for sure. And then a book I'm reading Theory of Poker, yeah. baby. Um, Which was a a book that came out a couple decades ago. But like one of the first books about like the the theoretical basis of the game. Basically saying that like, what if we were against luck? What if we wanted to play a game of skill? How do we make poker the closest to a game of skill possible? And, you know, took elements of game theory or not game, you know, and, and, or fighting game theory and going all over there. And, and one of the things that I found so interesting about the way that any poker book winds up talking about poker is that they talk about the difference between good choices and good decisions. And I think that choices don't matter necessarily. Obviously they do, but that like, you can't necessarily gauge the quality of a, of a choice because it's out of your control you know, you you can make a choice and then things out of your control make that a bad choice in retrospect. Mm. Or maybe it would have been worse if you went with another thing, but you have no way of knowing because you're that's a different timeline. Right. But there is such thing as a good decision versus a bad decision because it's about information. If you don't have all the information or if you're struggling to find the information or don't know how to get the information, you are subject to a bad decision. If you could be in a situation with all the information you could possibly have And you would make that decision over and over and over again despite the outcome. That's a good decision Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's no way of knowing past that point. So they say whether you win poker or lose poker it matters less in the long run than what your decision making process is. And I thought that that was hugely profound. Yeah. And a crazy little piece of life advice to get from like, you know, like a a card room. Companion, <laughs> But I've been thinking a lot about, about decisions and about what it means to be serene mm. in them. And that's the thing is like getting the as much information as possible and then being okay with whatever the outcome is because you are happy with the decision-making process. Yeah. So theory of poker. That's what I got out of that. Wow. <laughs>
2: that one's really marinating.
1: Yeah, because no, it's, it's
2: so. also like with music some some bigger things happened that i had always dreamt of but I, I realized i wasn't necessarily happy and it was like i'm just thinking about how you know celebrities you always assume are living their best lives but they're they're often not happy right and that's very much in what you're saying in decision making and just living with choices that are peaceful i don't know how because no, you can make
1: consistently bad decisions right. and wind and they wind up being good choices right because of luck Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, or just because of how the winds change. Right. But part of a good decision is if this goes a certain way, will I be happy with the outcome? Is this how I would want to represent myself? You know, that's part of the information that you can that you consider. It just, yeah, I think overall it just made me sort of feel less regret about things, you know, especially when we put out music, like you know, we're, we're investing thousands of dollars into releases, you know, uh, music videos and production and mixing and mastering and marketing and, 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 you know, our time in making our TikToks and all that stuff for maybe nothing to happen. Right. Or you don't invest anything and you put it up on TikTok and then it gets millions of streams and, and both are true, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, a, and it's less about those outcomes than the decision-making processes behind them yeah you know um and and what do you gain and what do you lose and what's worth betting and what's worth risking and and all that stuff so yeah i don't know that's been my little philosophy for the week that's
2: some <laughs> fascinating shit
1: yeah everything's poker i was talking to charlie Curtis Beard about it this morning i just nice i know i'm a broken fucking record about mm-hmm. it but the more <laughs> i think about everything like this weird kind of like math the happier i've been mm. because you can let go of math
2: gotta get into poker Jeez, <laughs> i'm convinced
0: well it's I, I think it's less about the specifics of poker and more just about like finding a meta, like finding the metaphors that right. fit your life i you mean know? it's fencing it's, it's, it's everything it's exactly,
1: yeah. Like, yeah it's the inner game of tennis like that's
0: yeah. why i think people who don't play tennis read the
1: inner game of tennis because the book isn't about playing tennis it's about mentally preparing yourself for a competitive task there's a a quote from Stephen Sondheim, Sunday in the Park with George, that I really like, which is, um, though the choice may have been mistaken, the choosing
0: was not.
2: I'm going to be thinking about that one on the ride home. <laughs> I like that a lot. All
0: right. Do you have a scar with a story?
2: Ooh, yes. I have two. Okay. One was in Mono Lake when we were, when my friends and I were taking the path that wasn't correct and they were like, um, all this brush around us and I got scraped. And so now I always think about Mono Lake and not choosing the gravel path that you're supposed to take down there and the two mile, like, in the two-mile, like, in-the-brush situation. So that's one. Must have been
0: a pretty bad scrape.
2: It was... It's on my knee. It's not the best.
0: Well, I, I have a scar from
1: just, like, a, a scrape from hiking. Mm. Yeah. Especially if they get a little infected, which yeah, they yeah. are tend to if you're right. scraping up in the dirt. Yeah. yeah, that's fair.
2: The other one was when I fell during cross-country practice in middle school. For running? For running. Whoa. I thought cross-country was track, so I was like, well, why don't we get into the shorter distances? And we never did. Oh, no. But I did fall on a rock, and it went into my knee. The
1: mm-hmm. word cross country didn't tip you off to I, the length of <laughs>
2: I guess I wasn't <laughs> quite wise enough at the time. Uh, but then it was bleeding, and everyone was calling me cripple. No. And, uh, That's it was a time. High school's
3: fucking high school's brutal.
0: brutal. <laughs> but you've always been chasing your dreams.
2: <laughs> yeah. Running after them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, all right. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment?
2: Three thoughts I have at this very moment. This at this very, very moment. moment. Oh my gosh! Um, I have a rehearsal at soon. For show? For a show. I'm playing UC Riverside tomorrow. Ooh. Under their bell tower.
1: Ooh. Well, you'll have already done it it's in the past by the time this comes out. So.
2: I played UC. <laughs> was it
1: great? Was it excellent? <laughs>
2: it was fantastic. Um, and I, I'm slightly stressed because I haven't really rehearsed. A lot.
0: That's so how I know you'll be good. Because exactly. you'll be in the moment.
1: Also, yeah. it's
2: already
0: you've already done it. So there's nothing to right. worry about. Yeah. I did I did a thing yeah. job. <laughs> um,
2: that's kind of it's like in the back of my mind, because that was sort of my my thing that I should do at some point.
1: Second thing. Do more thoughts.
2: Second thing. Um, I've been looking at that moon behind you a lot. I like it. The, it's, a, it's it's like it's a moon shelf. A moon shelf. I'm really into moons and lunar stuff, and like I actually I just got an s corp for my taxes but i called it moon mischief we were talking
1: about we were dming about trying to find an llc name
2: oh yeah yeah i
1: I pitched groundhog uh groundhog records or whatever it was a
2: good one but i had to go with that lunar i like lunar yeah yeah. so that would be my second thing third thing i don't know if there's a third thing no there's
1: always a third thing is there yeah
2: Maybe what I said earlier, my friend lives around the, the block from mm-hmm. you, and I feel like you should become friends. What's sure. your
1: friends? What's his name? Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy, hit us up. Yes. Yeah.
2: What What's on your minds?
1: Oh, shit. Wait, is she allowed to do that? Yes. I don't know if you're
0: allowed to do oh, that. Oh, my goodness.
1: Go. Just never... Oh, it is a harder question than I thought. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really tough.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I I am I am I am really enjoying this conversation. I feel like I feel slightly better coming out of this podcast than I did going into it, which I think is nice. It's oh, always good. good. I feel um, like I
2: should have said something like that too, but I thought I, I didn't, but I also really enjoyed this. So <laughs> thank good. you guys very
0: much. Um I am stressed about the mountain of many different tasks I have on my plate, but um I like I said, I'm I'm in a good mood now, so I'm trying not to worry about it. And I, uh, my girlfriend made this salmon dish last night that she refashioned into leftovers. Oh, that was like this rice onigiri thing. And I was just thinking about that because food is always what comes to mind when you get asked this question. I've never seen anybody
1: so excited about leftovers since the finale on HBO. Nice. There's a show called Leftovers.
2: That one was above my head. It was too good.
1: Okay, thought one is uh, when you mentioned that wall, I was thinking about how our original plan for that wall was to put up sort of like old school two-dimensional movie posters Uh based off of like made up movies from Infinite Jest. But then uh, I was thinking about that I actually finally got in touch with somebody who makes like minimalist movie posters. But that... I'm not sure if I want the infinite just ones anymore cuz it's been years since both of us have read it but I just played this game called Little Nightmares and they really like they made Hill House posters and I'm like well what if they played Little Nightmares and made a Little Nightmares poster and then I could get it in my room <laughs> uh so that was my first thought nice. <laughs> um with a, with a, a major with a uh, implied shout out to at walker win w y n win my second thought was uh, off of your mountain of work is that I finally, like, cleared my plate right before the podcast episode. You're
2: just trying to make him jealous. Mm-hmm.
1: But during the episode, I got two emails of things that are now ready for me to nice. put back on my plate. And I have to edit this podcast episode before uh, Sunday, which if you're listening to it, I did successfully. <laughs> but, uh, Very good. Yeah. And then the, the third thing I'm, I guess I'm thinking about as always is, uh, is poker and Sunday <laughs> in the Park with George. Uh, I want to have a game on Friday before we leave for our show in Boston. So I'm probably going to have a house game with some friends. But I also, I'm thinking about how much I miss my one experience of playing like a, a casino tournament and how the WSOP is making me really, really want to just like get so good at it that it's like a, a professional endeavor mm. that I don't feel like a gambler doing. Right. Um, and don't feel like ridiculous mentioning on the podcast so much because I would actually be a professional um, and so it would be a job that I'm um, just talking about. Taxable income. Um, and also thinking about Sunday in the Park with George in, in all of that, which is...
0: Thought 3A and 3B. Three 3A three and
1: 3B. Because I, I brought up Stephen Sondheim earlier and just about like, uh, just about time and creativity and the way that we think about the work that we're doing and the importance of it and the politics and all of, all of the pieces and how important is to contain them into a
0: into a way that is livable mm-hmm. done
1: nice. nice
2: you both nailed it that's
1: cool, not cool, allowed
0: cool. you weren't allowed to ask that know, that, was, <laughs> that was very stressful and something broke in the system something <laughs> broke in the matrix there literally um, 80
1: episodes <laughs> this is the first time this has happened
0: I know. well people have turned questions around in us but never that no, one never that, that one. one's hard that one's a hard it's question yeah um i think the reason why is because they know that i wouldn't shut up for five <laughs> minutes <so. laughs> three thoughts that's too many um, all right, final question. Mm. What are you looking forward to?
2: Ooh, you know what I'm really looking forward to is like playing live and one day being hopefully in a tour situation because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends have been touring or opening for people and I've been seeing that on stories and again, like a past Emily maybe would have been like, oh, maybe I'm a little jealous, but I'm I'm just so happy for them and I feel like that's going to come at yeah. some point and um just with the songs that I've been doing, I'm, I'm really excited about the direction my sound is going in. So I'm excited to perform those. Very good. Live. Very
1: exciting. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's so nice to like finally meet you and, and connect the dots of all of our friends into a, Beautiful constellation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're just we're fans of your music and of your writing and of your swashbuckling. <laughs> and we we wish you all the best, but hope since we are LA neighbors that we can hang and write and do all the things.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: But thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you both for having me. Thank I really you. appreciate it.
1: We'll talk to you soon.
2: I'm sick and tired of
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion.
0: We would like to thank New Wave, The Truffalist, and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your
1: support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talking lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.